Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 140. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Hey, Steven. And Arsal Paris. Hello. Hey there, Arsal. Welcome to the show. And today we are coming off of the first weekend of Pokemon Players Cup 4 action. All four regions have competed in their Swiss tournament, uh, Swiss, uh, yeah, Swiss tournament. And, uh, everyone's gonna be moving it. Well, 16 from each region are moving on to the double elimina- double elimination portion. And we're gonna talk more about that later. We just have a few other news bits to get to about, uh, other Pokemon things. First off, uh, Alex and I had mentioned at the end of last show, how there's supposed to be some, like, news briefing or reveal about Pokemon Unite last week. That did happen, and we just got some uh, release dates. I just want to get some thoughts from both of you. Uh, really quick, Pokemon Unite is, again, the MOBA game coming to Nintendo Switch and mobile. Uh, coming to the Switch next month in July 2021, and then coming in September for mobile. Uh, Arsenal, let's start with you. What did you think of uh, Pokemon Unite? Are you interested in it at all? What, 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 what are your thoughts? You know, my, my first reaction was I feel like Pokemon has just been in the news so much uh, lately, not just with this game, uh, but the other ones that were uh, mentioned before that they talked mm-hmm. about, the Arceus one, as well as um, the remakes. So I feel like it is, I believe, like what, their 20, 25th anniversary for something I was reading the other day. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just doing a lot. I just feel like it's really interesting. Me personally, uh, the only mobile game I played before was like Pokemon Go. Uh, when it was like super in the beginning, when the whole world was out, which is funny because now the whole world went in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's really interesting. Um, let's see. I think it's coming on the Switch, so I, I think a lot of people are definitely going to be interested in it, though. Yeah, I uh, I've never played a uh, MOBA game, Stephen, or like any like League of Legends or Dota or whatever ones fall under that kind of category. Uh, but I'll probably play it since it is coming on the Switch, and uh, I actually don't know, Stephen. Is it free? Uh, I actually have no idea. Oh, that is a good question. I, I have no know. idea about the price. It's like it feels like these t- games typically, you know, model themselves of being free and you know making you pay for skins and characters or DLC or whatever other things. Um, regardless, I mean, if it's free, I don't see any reason not to just download it and play it uh, at least during that first, you know, couple of weeks with friends when it's going to yeah. be hype and popular. But other than that, I- I've never played these games and I probably won't stick with it. But it's fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's probably just going to be like a flavor of the month thing uh, when it initially releases. And then I guess we'll see where it goes from there. You know, if it joins the, you know, competitive circuits for what Pokemon is offering right now. Again, we're going to probably get into that later in the show, too, uh, with some other topic. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's it's really different than what they've done before, though. Um, because it's, it's like it reminds me of like back in the day when we used to play like well I, I definitely did like MMORPGs it's like you know just from some screenshots it feels like that feeling so I feel you know people who are interested in those you know action role playing games they're going to be really interested in this type mm-hmm. yeah that top down view the multiplayer, uh, it's, yeah. it's so different uh, well, really, I mean, it's not top down yeah. it's not that new for Pokemon but, specifically just this like yeah free roaming uh battling and stuff yeah it looks so weird i'm uh, i'm definitely gonna have to try it oh yeah man top down is brand new when we had in the very first game that ever released <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> uh anyway oh. that's uh pokemon unite so anyone who is interested in that like multiplayer online battle arena style game that is coming up very soon for you so i hope you're excited for it that's, uh, again, not really the focus on our show. Just wanted to, uh, you know, mention that briefly in the early news here. 
Next up uh, for our topics is the Chicago Grassroots uh, Park live event we talked about last week. Um, that is this upcoming weekend, June 26th. I think it's one day, right? And again, this is an outdoor tournament in the park uh, in the Chicago area. So everyone who's listening who's not from here, this probably doesn't pertain too much to you. But Alex is going to be going to a live event playing for a like pre-order prize for one of those new Sinnoh games coming out. And he's going to get to play with uh, other people in person. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to just playing like on my Switch with other people that are also just like there with me. Um, that's going to be cool. Uh, I think the you got to like RSVP for it. Uh, so make sure to do that in advance. And there's like a slight chance of rain. But uh, like they just said that. It's it's not guaranteed, and to like follow the uh, Discord uh, if you want any like updates on that, as well as check your email. Uh, just for people that might be listening to this and going, I figured I'd get the word out. But uh, other than that, we kind of talked about this last week, Stephen. We'll have more to say on it, you know, next week uh, when I've already gone to this event. But it's uh, yeah, a live event upcoming, and uh, I'm hoping it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, we'll report more on that next time after that event has taken place. So that should be fun to hear about. See how the, all that went. And again, I will not be able to attend this one because I will be working. And Arsel, you are probably too far away to, you know, make it out for this. It is it is the same time zone, but it is still too far away. It's like north and south. <laughs> so <laughs> But it's really interesting. I mean, like usually I remember there were so many grassroots tournaments before all this COVID every and and all the situation. And now it's like it's like the return of like some normalcy. Um, you know. I know, uh, I actually, you know, I believe it was Alex's previous uh, podcast, I was, you know, you're talking about it as well. And you mentioned, yes. you know, you're still going to keep it safe. I mean, wear a mask, you know, for everybody's safety. So, you know, as long as all these precautions are followed, I, I don't see why we can't have in real person events and, you know, open everything back up. Yeah. As long as we're, uh, yeah, as long as everybody's being responsible, um, you know, we can start uh, experimenting with this stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Of course, and that's uh that's it for our live event preview of uh that one coming up. So the next topic we would like to bring up is uh one we did mention last week as well, and that is the Victory Road World Cup. Now this uh, I'm gonna actually hand this one hand this over to Alex to debrief us on this. Yeah, yeah. So we finally like they actually actually announced it. I think it was like teased during the uh, VR stream. But now it is the, the VR, whatever, winter, no, it was spring series finals. Uh, but now they've actually, you know, put a formal announcement out. Uh, this was, uh, was this earlier today? I'm looking at the post, maybe uh, based on different time zones. Um, anyway, gives you a little bit of an insight into when we're recording. I always think that's funny. Um, but yeah, they, uh, this time it's going to be uh, hosted by um, Victory Road. And they are, uh, they've got a sponsor with uh, Elgato. That's uh, pretty exciting considering that uh, Elgato big. is pretty big in the community uh, amongst you know, players that want to record their games. I have a uh, Elgato capture card myself. Um, and that's like, I don't know. I, I just know a lot of people use that to record uh, like Switch. And so it's kind of cool to see that. Um, but in terms of the, the, the details on this, uh, it's going to be, it says 50 countries represented. The teams will be, uh, eight to 12 players. Um, and you, the manager can play or not. That's up to them. Uh, they will be, and then if you want to get like more of these details, again, you can find these on victoryroadvgc.com. I'm not going to read the whole post to you as that would be a little bit boring, but to talk about a, a bit of the highlights, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, played in, wait, actually, what are the dates on this? It says, um... Beginning on August, yeah. So it's in August, and 
then by then we're actually going to be playing uh, series 10. Steven, we actually had this uh, kind of later in the notes, but uh, we can kind of talk about it now uh, since it just kind of makes sense. Let's go um, for it. So uh, Stephen and I had said on the last episode and maybe some previous ones that Series 9 didn't exactly have an end date. And uh, I was talking with the announcement of this, uh, with the announce of this uh, World Cup uh, Pokemon tournament. I was talking among some friends. They were like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be in Series 10. And I was like, do we even know when Series 10 starts? And somebody said, yeah, I actually, I saw this on Pokemon Home saying that uh, Series 9 will end in July. So at the end of July, we'll be done with Series 9. And we'll start Series 10, assumedly, in August. We know nothing about the format. It's all going to be speculation at this point. Um, and who knows? Maybe Series 10 could be the same as Series 9. Series 9 is the same as 7. There's no uh, there's no uh, assurances there. But um, it, this will be playing uh, played in Series 10. It will all be on the Switch, presumably because VR wants to get as much content as they can out of this. You know, live games are a lot more exciting to watch than Pokemon Showdown or something. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think I already mentioned the team size, 8 to 10, uh, 12, and, uh, it's a little bit different than World Cups of the past, um, they are going to be, a, like, um, different, uh, restrictions, I think they're, like, a little bit stricter on, uh, certain restrictions, and, like, I, mm-hmm. I know in the past we've had, like, teams, like, rest of Europe, you know, to kind of, like, combine some of these smaller European countries that would have a bit more trouble fielding a full team of 8 or 12, and... And they said 50 um, countries, yeah, they did say 50 countries, so I just, like, that is so uh, interesting. Like, um, like you know, there's, like, certain countries that um, I just, like, I, I don't know. There's certain countries that are, like, were represented when you allow that, like, combined rest of Europe. And then uh, there's all other countries that kind of have weird situations, like the U.S. You know, there are a lot of players in the U.S., but, uh, and, like, we've, in previous years, been split into Central, West, and East. And uh, this time it's just going to be one U.S. team. And that, that's going to be fighting for competition, fighting for a lot of competition. I mean, 12 players just from the U.S., that's going to be really hard to narrow down. Yeah, it's yeah. And players. like, it, I think the most important part for the U.S. is going to be those managers. Um, again, this is we're probably going to be covering this only like in bits and pieces in the future. No promises. Um, but uh, one of the things to look out for is to see who ends up uh, being the managers for the uh, the U.S. team just because. Um, I, 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 VGC in the U S is definitely very clicky. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that was kind of nice about the, uh, split of the U S central East and West is not just because of the like strength of the region, but also because that, uh, you know, a lot of the East coast players are familiar with each other and they might not know the West coast players as well and vice versa. So it's just like works out that way. And so if they, they're going to have to pick, you know, some good managers that have a, uh, familiarity with players all over the country. And I think right. that's going to be tough, especially considering there are so many good players all over that I think are qualified to be the managers for this. Yeah, so we have another uh, team tournament in this uh, uh, Victory Road World Cup of Pokemon for 2021. And, you know, Alex went over those details. Again, just read more of this on Victory Road's website. Look for the post about the World Cup of Pokemon for this year, you can look at the eligibility stuff, um, and then for signups, you need do need to apply to you know potentially be on one of those these teams. So just check those out. The uh, deadline is July fourth. I'm seeing on the site here. So um, yeah, does anyone have any last thoughts on this World Cup tournament before we move on? I, I think it's personally really exciting. Uh, or, yeah, actually, I want to hear from you, Arsel. Though, what do you uh, what do you think about it? Yes, 
I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting, um, because I'm thinking about myself and <laughs> where would I be? I mean, 12 people from the U.S. is going to be so hard. I might have to start to manage the Pakistan country because <laughs> that's, but then finding 12 players from there is going to be tough as well. I mean, it's really fun. And the fact that they're getting sponsored is huge by a really good company. So it's good to see that it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was thinking of you when I was mentioning some of the uh, smaller countries is that I remember yeah. talking about you with earlier, talking to you earlier today about this and how like Pakistan is like, it might struggle to field 12 players. And so then, yeah. you know, you've got, you got to fill up 50 countries. So you got to, you got to take all the, they promised that's 50 true. countries. <laughs> if they, if they want to, if they want to meet that 50 country uh, criteria, then they really are going to have to reach out. So uh, but yeah, like you said, it's going to be tough to get the, you know, all the players on the U.S. team, but then on the other end of the spectrum, on Pakistan, it might be hard to right. fill those spots. And you mentioned really strongly about the management, and uh, they should have familiarity with all types of players. Um, you know, if yeah. you just keep it to, uh, you know, whoever are the most popular or anything like that, then you're going to miss out on a lot of talent. And uh, mm-hmm. like the, I've seen players who have VGC newcomers, I think, in that Smogon tour. It was Liakos, his Twitter bio says he's relatively new to VGC. And so these guys are coming in and they're doing a good job. I know he's not from the, the U.S., I believe. Uh, but yeah. just for an example, if we have players of that caliber in the U.S., 12 of them, I don't even know how you quantify it. Yeah, I mean, like even uh, just talking about like, you know, Kyle Geffner North is a relatively newcomer who has been sweeping the scene lately. You know, it's just like, you know, do we... Uh, that's going to be another thing that's separating this one from uh, the, the World Cups of past is uh, it doesn't do past formats. So you really want to pick the uh, the hot talent that is doing well now. The players, you know, right, just right. because a player won, you know, five regionals back in 2013 doesn't mean they're going to be any value to you now if they can't play Series 9 or, I guess, right. Series 10, whatever that may be. Series 10 would be interesting. And, and also the fact that, like, we've had it in the past, things like this. Like, I remember, what was it, in 2015? There was a USA versus Germany exhibition. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's always fun when other countries go up against, cause then it gives, uh, like some other thing on the line to play for. I think that's really the, the best part of feeling like an international world cup. That pride. You know? It's all the, about the, the pride, pride, you know? Yeah. So, and p- these guys will take it seriously, whoever is on the team. And, um, so from our end, from the US, yeah, we have to play, you know, the manager has to be really, you know, looking at all the details, they just can't pick their, you know, people they know, obviously, and we hope that that's not going to happen, but there's a lot of players to go from, so there could be a lot of speculation. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool to watch, and, uh, definitely, I, I think Victory Road does, uh, some very good streams, so it's going to be, uh, a good spectacle. They're going to put on a big show for this, I'm sure. So, uh, definitely check that out, uh, in August when, uh, we actually get to the time that these games are being played and the teams have been made, and it's time to, uh, Check it out, and we'll by then we'll actually maybe know more about series ten. Series ten, uh, so double anyway, restricted. I'm calling it now. It for, what'd you say? Series. I said I'm calling double restricted right now on series. Double 10, restricted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want this recorded. Yes. All right. It's it's on record then. All right. There you go. Fair. Yeah. Pokemon, do you play Pokemon? Do you job? It's not a terrible call. I'm gonna I'm gonna call the no legendary format. No Man, legendary. Those okay. Legendaries, man. Those things are too powerful. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, like the the fair and square thing, right? Yeah, fair and square. Fair gotcha. and square. What so, Stephen, let's uh move on to the next bit of the news because this uh, came. I think uh, when did this come out? Uh, actually, maybe the dates here. June eighteenth was that like the yeah, day after that is, we recorded? Uh, it was, I, I want to say it was like two days, but yeah, this came out on a Friday, June eighteenth of uh, last week. So the 
our next thing here is actually that the Pokemon Global Exhibition was announced from uh, Pokemon and TPCI, you know, they announced this for the Japan side as well. But this is a global exhibition, which is going to be happening in October. Um, again, this is somehow they are tying it to the 25, uh, 25th anniversary of Pokemon. And this is going to feature, you know, eight of the best players uh, from around the world for the video game. Now, where these players are coming from are there's going to be a top players from Japan, from the Japan Championship. So I'm assuming they're nationals this uh, summer. There's also uh, South, there's going to be a player from South Korea who wins their Pokemon Trainer Club 2021 competition. And we're also going to have some top finishers from Pokemon Players Cup 4 um, from the Global Finals. So whoever ends up making it there and you know finishes highly there. We're not sure on exactly the details yet and how the distribution of the eight people are going to be yet. But there's this. while this is a cool tournament, it's cool this will be happening in October, um, we do have some issues with the timing of this announcement as well as just like uh my quick thing i know you two want to talk about the timing of the announcement i just want to point out how i really think this is only happening this year because uh we do not have a world championships and they're doing this in uh like lieu of that uh because we can't actually have a world so this is kind of their like uh substitute for it I gotta say, this does seem incredibly hype. This is, like, something that we've been kind of waiting for. You know, the Players' Cups, they uh, they do include a lot of players from all around the world, but getting Japan, getting South Korea into the mix, it's going to make things even more exciting, even more, um, I, I don't know, high tier. Uh, what I can't think of a better word right now, but um, more it's epic. just going to be awesome. Yeah, more <laughs> epic, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the, uh, we, we don't know exactly how many players are coming from, uh, Players Cup 4, but learning so late in the game that it was going to be taking, uh, players from Players Cup 4 really does change things for, uh, the way that people would have approached this tournament, I think, a little bit. Cause, like, this is gonna be, um, you know, everyone's gonna be watching this. This is the global exhibition. It has this, you know, uh, epic name. It has this, like, uh, so much excitement around it, and it's gonna be a big spectacle that they're gonna put on. And uh, people are going to want to try for that kind of thing, you know, just like people wanted to, would want to try to be the world champion. Uh, and so um, I'm definitely excited uh, to, you know, uh, I, I, like, I'm going to be excited to watch this. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I just wish they had announced it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. I mean, and they're including the players, like they said, from Japan and South Korea. And that's really who you want to play. Because they're some of the best of the best. And when you want to, and when you want to play Pokemon at a really highly competitive level, then you want to play against the best of the best to see where you measure up. And so the fact that we don't have, uh, as Steven mentioned, worlds, it's been since what, 2019? Wow. We haven't mm-hmm. had worlds. And, um, you know, people want to still see who's out there. And then, you know, the game has changed since 2019 a lot when we were on a completely different platform now. So, yeah. um, so, you know, it's good that, you know, Pokemon is doing something to make sure that people are still being, you know, uh, taken care of, satisfied in the global exhibition. They're taking it seriously. And uh, I'm, I'm, it'd be a dream to have see my name or my friend's name on there, but I hope, you know, everybody the best of luck. Yeah, that is the dream. Yeah, speaking of that, like, both of you do have a chance to still, like, be able to be able to compete in this tournament. So whoa, um, whoa, whoa! Think... Spoilers, man. We're almost there. Spoilers. Hold on. We'll, we'll figure that <laughs> out. Just... We'll figure that out later. <laughs> but like we mentioned about the date, right? This date, June eighteenth. That was what the day of Team Lock for the regional qualifier. And now this... hold on, Stephen. What's up? 
Uh, I gotta say, I think this was announced, like, maybe Thursday or maybe Wednesday after we had recorded. Like, but it was not in English, I think. Okay. I think it was announced in Japan maybe a day or so earlier. But, yes, regardless, I'm being just pedantic or whatever the word is, you know. Like, what I'm trying to say is that... um it was announced, but they didn't say anything about Players' Cup until they released the English version here that was released on June 18th. Yeah, either way, like, whatever day it happened to be, whether it was one, two, or three days before Team Lock, this needed to be announced, or I feel like it should have been announced when the fourth Players' Cup was announced, you know, back in April. Um, this way, you know, a lot of people missed the opportunity for this because maybe they didn't even bother with the, you know, initial qualifier for it. And Oh, true. I, don't know, I think uh, if this were announced earlier, too, even... People may have put in more time into practice and preparing for this tournament, knowing there was even more on the line than just making it to global finals, getting some prize money and prestige, and also getting to compete in the global exhibition and play against more strong players from other regions. I think there's a flip flip side to that as well, is that the people who did take that same opportunity and they still kept at it, they still grinded, they still worked hard, even if it, it wasn't announced. They still took the competitions prior seriously. And because Player Cup is quite a large competition in itself, because there's a, there's good opportunity in it. And so it makes sense that they're mm-hmm. going to use from the local finals to pick for the global exhibitions. And I, and, uh, so, you know, the people who didn't, uh, you know, stop working hard, I think they might see some good payoffs in this. That's true. Those people that never stopped grinding, definitely going to see, uh, going to reap some benefits there. So yeah, eight players. Um, it's gonna be very interesting to see how they uh, how they slot those ones. Honestly, like my personal speculative theory right now is that they will take the best four players from the global finals, one from each region. So even if you know U.S. shows up and all four of them uh, lose in the first round, they'll still take the best of them, I guess, or something like that. Maybe they'll just take the top four in Players Cup. Really, really, I don't know. Um, but I think they're gonna want that regional diversity. You know what I mean, Stephen? So I, I feel like they're going to take like, you, you're okay. I'll let you, I'll let you speak on it afterwards, but I, uh, I feel like they want that regional diversity. And so they're going to take the best four players from each respective region. And, um, then the remaining four slots will be, uh, one from South Korea and maybe like three from Japan, like the top three finishers in Japan nationals. Yeah. Maybe they want to go for that regional diversity, but like the global finals for players cup, uh, already does that. And for this global exhibition, I think their wording is kind of like, oh, the top players from Players Cup 4 in this, in this particular global finals, whoever ends up getting, you know, the fourth place and higher, those four are just going to be it. And they just happen to be coming from one of these four regions. So I don't know if we're going to see that per se, but again, we don't have any further details. We'll find out later. So basically, Stephen, you're saying it's going to be Players Cup Four versus Japan and South Korea. So like Players Cup Four versus they're just Asia, including everybody like now. It's like the expanded World Cup, you know? Yeah, like true, true. Version. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just going to be like the top four, whatever they're going to take there. Um, it's not going to not necessarily going to be each region, but we'll see, right? Yeah, well, we might get more details about this as um, as time goes on. I mean, October is quite a ways away, and we uh, still have Players' Cup 4 to see how that uh, resolves. We're not even done with the regional stages, and why don't we go ahead and uh, start talking about those, uh, Stephen? Yeah, that's right. We have the regional qualifiers that just happened this past weekend, which we're now finally going to get to. Both uh, you, Alex, and Arsenal have played in them, and you, 
made it to the next weekend. So first off, uh, before we start talking about your teams or whatever you'd like to share about your teams, I just want to ask you about, um, you know, you've probably played in the uh, region qualifiers before when those were the first three were double elimination tournaments. And this one is the first time we had Swiss in a Players' Cup. How, I mean, we've played in Swiss tournaments before, but how did it feel to play in this in an, in an official capacity for Players' Cup compared to double elimination of the past? So, Russell, do you want to start off? Uh, I guess I'll start. Yeah, I guess I'll start. I was going to ask uh, because I was really heartbroken last Players' Club. I, I was uh, doing all right. I started 4-0, but then I lost two. So it was double em- elimination. And um, so you know, that was really tough, and that's why I wanted to do better in this one. And when they announced it was Swiss, um, how it feels different. I mean, you still have to put your best game forward. And uh, it just maybe might take a lot longer to get there. I mean, nine rounds, you can drop out earlier. I feel, but when you're in double elimination, like you keep going, um, well, you can drop it any time in nine rounds, but, uh, like, you know, if you just lose one right away, then you might be, you know, less heartbroken. I don't know. I feel like it's the same on some level. Like it's an interesting concept, like double elimination. I really, when I watch smash tournaments, that's when it happens. And it was never featured that much in Pokemon before. If I recall, I think Alex might know better, but I don't think they really featured double, double elim that much. No, no. It's it's nice to return to Swiss and I uh I very much enjoyed that aspect of it. The uh the fact that we also almost had like a near perfect cut, Steven. We had a actually a heartbreaking uh one person at seven and two not make it into the top sixteen. Uh that was uh Jackson Finch, Mao, uh had the uh, worst resistance. Um to break down Jackson's story though, Jackson uh I think no showed round one, lost round two, and then went seven oh afterwards and the resistance wasn't even com- like that even comparable to the person above, but uh, still sad when, you know, you have the same record as the uh, however many people above you, but you can't make it in. Uh, just the one bubble. Anyway, um, I liked Swiss. It was, um, I-, I would say, more enjoyable. It felt like uh, at least it was good to get the majority of the tournament done in one weekend. I mean, there's still so much more left and two weeks away just feels so silly. I really don't like it. Um, one thing that I want to mention, um, and actually this kind of pertains to you, uh, Arsel, and uh, this is uh, something that was a little bit different, Stephen, is uh, on Battlefee, they had uh, this new system in place where uh, for each Swiss round, you had to ready up. And as soon as you would hit ready up, it would put on a five-minute timer. And um, the five-minute timer, if your opponent did not also ready up during that period... Uh, you would get a uh, game loss or double game loss, and you would just be done. And um, <laughs> it does relate it, to me. It does relate to you. It also <laughs> relates to some other players. Arsenal. We'll get to you in a second. I want to talk about. Um, uh. So, Stephen, round one, um, two notable players, uh, Yihui and uh, Bingji, were paired up against each other, and um, they uh, they often build together under our good friends, and so uh, I believe they probably contacted contacted each other out, out of Battlefield, probably on some other form of uh, you know whatever text message, whatever it is. Some and so they arranged their match and played it, submitted the results on there, um, and then I don't know if they didn't ready up or if it was because they didn't post messages in Battlefield, but they were double DQ'd. Double DQ'd for not clicking ready up. It was either not clicking ready up or because they didn't post any messages in the chat, actually. I, I might be twisting the story. Um, if you want to know more about it, check either of their Twitters. They uh, posted 
some bits of the information about the situation, but there was never any statement from the judges that explained it. Um, let's bring it back though to the actual the five minute timer thing as it pertains to Arsenal. Do you want? Do you mind talking about that? No, definitely. I mean, a spoiler alert: I did miss a round, <laughs> I, and uh, <laughs> I I was so oh my gosh, and uh, because you know each round. I was, when I finished it, there was still like 15, 20 minutes before the next round would even go up. So it is kind of my fault that I did miss the round. Um, the round ended around 6, 15 PM. And so, uh, I had not eaten. So I was going to go get something to eat downstairs. And I texted my friend, uh, Soyeb, who's, uh, Sohaib. So some people say him, uh, in there. And I was like, Hey, just let me know when the round goes up every day. I would every, after every round, I would tell him that. And he'd be like, okay, okay. And the one round he did not message me was the one round I missed. And so I'm going to put a little blame on him. But, uh, <laughs> oh, no. uh, but, uh, so I was six and one and then I missed the eighth round. And then, so then I had to win that round nine <laughs> for a winning in, as they say. And, uh, it just put unnecessary. I was like, okay, well, I guess that just makes sense in life. So, <laughs> uh, yes, even so, Arsenal stepped away for five minutes to get food, came back and yes, got a double five game. Five minutes, loss. seven minutes, technically. Yeah, it was technically seven minutes. Man, I can't believe you're getting penalized. <laughs> no, no. So, Steven, what I'm really trying to... The point I'm trying to make is that um, I'm comparing this to live events. And, like, you know, with the the return to Swiss, it's a lot more comparable to the live events that we've played. And, yeah, I mean, like, we, they did have the punishments if a player didn't show up for... Was it five or ten minutes? I think it was five. Um, and, um, you know, at that point, you would raise your hand, call a judge, and then they would start... Uh, they would mark down a win for you, and then they would have another right. five or so minutes to come back, and then they would get another win or another loss for the player, and you would right. move on. And instead, five minutes, Arsenal gets two losses. And I, I did, I did ask them, like, is there not a one game loss um, thing? But they said no, so I said I can't really argue at that point. I just have to take it as it goes. Um, my so. uh, my personal opinion on the situation, Stephen, is I'm pretty sure it's just in the way that Battlefield was coded, and they just didn't want to undo it. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably. That's what it sounds like. Man, I can't believe you got penalized that hard for uh, like a five seven minutes. Break. I, yeah, <laughs> it was like a seven. Not, I only ate half the sandwich as well. And it, uh, it was <laughs> the sad part is that it was like um, it was after the like. I think Arsenal, you said you were like the last game to finish that previous round. I didn't know I was the last game to finish though. Um, like because relatively speaking, throughout the tournament, like whenever I finished around, even if it went to game three, which I believed. Uh, that last round, round seven, I did go to a game three. And so mm -hmm. there was still like 20 minutes, a good 20 minutes, like break each time. But I guess it makes sense as the tournament uh, progresses on that more people will drop. So there's less yeah, games. Yeah. So, uh, so I do take responsibility, but it is, it's part of life. So what can you do? And thankfully it all worked out in the end still. So yeah, man, I was so nervous for you. Still moving on, still moving through. And I guess regardless of all the circumstances that happen, um, it seems like the, for most players, no one, no individual player would have had like an incredibly long wait time, um, because it was Swiss and you know, you're not waiting like sometimes what, what was it? What do we have last, uh, some of the double elimination oh breaks, like three, four, three, four hour waits. Yeah. Yeah. If you kept winning, uh, there were times where players would wait multiple hours before their next match. I think oh. it was actually, if you kept winning and then lost, um, if you it's lost wait in winners, it's very yeah. draining. You would you would not think, but sitting and playing for twelve hours for the concentration, you know, like maybe ten, twelve hours, however long it was, if you played all nine rounds, it's it, it does end up being very draining if you don't take care of yourself throughout the day. 
Yeah, yeah, I actually uh, didn't eat enough during the day and afterwards was definitely feeling the results of that. Um was a long day of Swiss, but the tournament was ran pretty well otherwise. Um, there was definitely... Um, I, we don't really cover a lot of the uh, VGC drama on this show, and I don't think we still will, but there's definitely a lot of drama associated with this Players' Cup if you want to go find it. Uh, go check Twitter if you want to find that. There was, like, other DQs going on in, like, Oceania and other things. There was a lot of stuff going on, Steven. It, it's already been, like... You know, players. Every players' cup has its drama, but this one decided right. to get it going a little bit earlier. Um, skipping aside that, Stephen, um, I was actually the person to uh, put put aside the time uh, alongside the help of some friends, of course, and uh, put together the top sixteen teams from NA. We can go ahead and uh, talk a bit about those here, um, and uh, kind of uh, talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, what me and Arsenal ran before we go and break down uh, the other regions. So I'll go ahead and uh, start us off here. Um, uh, you can find this on my own Twitter, <laughs> at LexiconVGC. Um, the uh, players in order were uh, Sohaib Mufti, um, Sam Pletcher, Alex Underhill, Marco Martinez, Arsul Puri, William Wang, Aaron Brock, Austin Acosta. In, uh, then we had James Bake, uh, Enrique Grimaldo, Jack Cantor, Leonard Kraft III, James Evans, Drew Bliss, Nick Safranic, and Alexander Stubbs in the top 16 here. Uh, we probably don't have time to cover all of the different teams, and so I think we'll just kind of pick and choose some of the highlight ones and, of course, talk about me and Arsenal uh, specifically. Um, let's go ahead and start, first off, with the 9-0 and uh, in Sohaib. Sohaib using um, the team that uh, might have formerly been known as, uh, or partially, Temporarily known as uh, Marco Cole, um, definitely now Sohaib Cole, or uh, as I think you like to call it, Sokol. Sokol is <laughs> yes, what we branded it as. Um, you know, he had been using the team for a while, from my from what I'd seen. Um, I'm not sure on exact timelines, but he did cut a few tournaments, like the Rose Tower or something, with that team uh, before. So to go nine and zero with Cole just shows you really the well his skill, but also the skill of Colossal. It's still a really big you know, part of the meta game, no matter, even if you don't, even if you ladder, you don't face it as much as you would think, but, uh, but in the tournaments, you're going to face it for sure. Yeah. And so I, you know, really showing that, you know, it isn't just the team, it's the player. And like, it's also an archetype that you have to respect. You can't just like say that your matchup is fine into that. Cause they, they will always find a way to win the matches. They will always find a way to bring it back. Um, and so, yeah, this, of course the team is Dragapult Colossal, Urshifu Water, Rillaboom. Incineroar and Togekiss. If you haven't heard of this team before, I guess you just haven't been playing Series 9. Uh, or actually VGC or in the past all, several yeah. months. Cause, yeah, Pokemon <laughs> at all in 2020. Right, or, uh, <laughs> Gen 8. <laughs> like, seriously, uh, the, um, the, these Colossal teams are prevalent in every... The, some made it through in every single region for the Players' Cup 4. So, like you both said, this archetype is still strong, still making waves, and still one to look out for. Um, yeah, it is in all four regions. There's some variants on them, too. So... Not surprised. Yeah, it's really the Moltres or the Togekiss. You choose your flying type. You want the, the yeah, fairy exactly. bird or the naughty bird. <laughs> and you just choose yep. it. And then the Dragapult change is actually a really big difference on the two. That, yes, in my yeah. Uh, the support Dragapult on the Moltres version, like Wolf won Players Cup with, plays very differently than the uh, Life Orb Dragapult that goes all out offense uh, and supports right. its uh, physical attackers. And then um, the, like and the Scope Lens Crit Kiss is um, very. Yeah. Oh, yes, true. It is so. Uh, it is so uh, such a good Pokemon right now. Let's uh, move on to uh, right. Sam Pletcher's team. Sam is the uh, only person that I had actually lost to 
on the day, um, using a team of Clefairy, Moltres Galar, Regieleki, Mamoswine, Kartana, and Como. Um, so this team is that last uh, one correct? Is, <laughs> it's it's got the, the, the dreaded um ice electric coverage from the Mamoswine Regieleki. A Clefairy and Moltres kind of support each other in that like Moltres can nasty plot pretty freely while it's next to a Clefairy. Uh, the Kartana is doing just normal Kartana things, and this Como uh, was specifically an Iron Defense Body Press set. Iron Defense Body Press. Very scary. Body Press really prevalent in the meta. And we're seeing another user. Yeah, this is like the the Iron Defense Body Press Pokemon that, one, has the uh, same type attack bonus as being a fighting type, and two, because of that, will likely beat all of the other uh, Iron Defense Body Press Pokemon as uh, you usually see Ferrothorn, Registeel, and then the occasional Turtonator. Uh, Ferrothorn and Registeel being weak to fighting, they're just not going to be able to put up with or keep up with it. Yeah, there's steel types that use it definitely, and it's it's really gutsy to bring a Pokemon like that. I mean, you know, it it really fits a, a niche. Like it's, you know, if we if yes. they didn't introduce the way Iron Defense Body Press worked in this generation, um, but it it really fits a niche, and nobody had really considered Kamo before. You know, uh, Registeel was all the hype right before the tournament. And uh, while we do see some Registeel in the top cut, you know, the highest body press user in the top cut is going to be that um, that Kamo. So that's that's, that's really so interesting. Funny. It's really fun. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to see stuff like that too. You know, because then it, it shoots back at people that say, "Oh, you know, you have to use these Pokemon." Um, you know, you just give credit to somebody when they do good uh, creative things. I mean, we're gonna you're gonna mention some more. I know, Alex. Uh, oh no, long. don't no don't bring me into this. But. I'll go ahead and talk about my team. Not, no, no. <laughs> There's one more for you. <laughs> Before you start, I just want to I just want to bring up how you know it's cool seeing players still being innovative even at like this late into going to the regional qualifiers. So Sam was obviously brave enough to bring this Como team, and you know obviously did well with it. So still advancing through the tournament. But uh, as you were saying, we've got some more unique stuff from you. Tell us about your record too, because uh, we heard we heard from Arsenal already going seven and two for your day. But uh, Alex, tell us your record, uh, how things went, and uh, go go tell us about your team, whatever you want to share. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, give a brief, uh, like a quick, quick, quick run of my run and our uh, description of it. Uh, I went eight and one, um, and I won't lie, I definitely had you know some things go my way, whether it was Reggie Lucky speed ties or Togekiss getting all the crits I needed. You know, I, I I'm not gonna fault myself for it because I think every run, um, every good run that you see from a uh, top player, no player would can honestly say. I didn't get lucky, at least a little bit. You know, it, it's the nature of the game, uh, and I'm, I'm going to accept it. But uh, in terms of getting to the team, though, I, I'd much rather talk about the team since it is kind of a fun one, um, at least when you get to the last part, uh, as I will save it. Regieleki, Urshifu Water, Togekiss, Incineroar, Landorus, Therian. It's terribly boring. But now we round it out with Weezing. Uh, so, yeah, Amazing. I did Weezing again. Um, this was uh, <laughs> Kunal's fault. Uh, Kunal, Shade Kirby, 321, uh, was the one who... Um, Came to me with this team, I think, like a week in advance, and it was very unpolished. It was it did not look like this, and um, and uh, Kunal also, I believe, had help with some other friends. Uh, most notably, I believe, including Rob, uh, who goes by uh, Dishu on Twitter. I think it's like D E I S H U or something close to that. Um, so they worked together on this team, and uh, I got a very unrefined version of it. And after playing some games with it, I was like, I don't know how I don't have the heart to tell Kunal that this team is just not it. And then uh, Kunal was like, don't worry, Alex, I'm going to hit you up like three days before Players' Cup with a team that's like so refined, you can't say no. 
And sure enough, like three days before Players Cup, I was like, it's done. And I'm like, don't do this to me. Like, I remember <laughs> in Showdown, I named the team, like, please don't make me. Um, because I was like, I can't do Weezing again. I can't believe this. But the team has such a strong matchup into uh, Dragapult Colossal, the team that went 9-0. and And uh, the team from, um, spoilers below me, Marco Martinez, Mars VGC, also using that same Colossal team. Um, Mars being the player I played in round one. Um, yeah, the... Uh, the team just does very well into that archetype, and it was something that I expected to be very popular, and so I wanted to make sure I did well into it. Otherwise, the team just has five good Pokemon. You know, Regieleki, Urshifu, Togekiss, Incineroar, Landorus, Therian. I don't think anybody could argue that these are just good meta Pokemon right now, and so at the very least, in matches where I didn't feel like I needed Weezing, I was just playing the you know just playing the game, just using Regular Pokemon game, that are right. uh, good right now. Uh, and that's really all I want to say about my run, personally. Um, I posted some cool highlights uh, from, like, certain, like, ba- uh, certain videos of, like, uh, certain turns in the games uh, on my Twitter, if you want to check that out. And other than that, um, let's go ahead and jump over. I said that Marco was the last, uh, Marco Martinez is the last 8-1 and one with, again, that same team as Sohybe. Uh Let's go ahead and uh, go to the highest 7-2. and two. Uh, Arsel, let's talk about your run a bit. Sure, definitely. My team, what is my team? Let me remember. Oh, yes. Dragapult, Clefairy, Regieleki, Kartana, Urshifu, and Incineroar. So. Urshifu, which form? Uh, Urshifu Rapid Strike, the water fighting form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that team, uh, so, you know, the premise was that I think, um, Steven, this is my first time talking to you, but Alex, I talked to him, uh, you know, prior to the tournament. We, uh, you know, discuss ideas, throw ideas off each other. And, uh, I, I had known pretty early on that I wanted to use Dra- Dragapult Clefairy. Um, you know, as far as the six I'm talking about, uh, since we're still in the tournament, I guess, yeah, it's beneficial, right? To not, uh, give uh, as much, but the six you can see, um, and so, and then Urshifu kind of went along with it and Incineroar, but, um, you know, I had a different version planned out before and, um, and there was a Rotom Heat in there. It was a mess. I mean, once you start talking about Rotom Heat, but, uh, <laughs> no, it was good, but, um, and the stack attack at one point, but then, um, I was speaking with, uh, Raghav, um, sorry, Raghav can't remember your last name and, uh, very, very wonderful guy. Raghav, Raghav Alavia. Um, yes. And then his, twi- uh, you know, his, he's very well known in the community. He's really well known, uh, as, as a great player. And so, um, he, he was testing the similar ideas. Um, and he really wanted to play that day. Unfortunately, he couldn't. Otherwise, we would have probably been talking about, you know, him on here as well and, you know, using mm-hmm. the team. So he changed the team to where he changed the Rillaboom out. Uh, there was a Rillaboom on the team prior and, uh, he added the Kartana and then he changed, uh, I was using the Rotom Heat and uh, he kept, uh, the Electrotype for Re- Regieleki. So, um, and it was just really fun. I mean, the pacing, I, I'll be honest, the day that I locked it in though, because we have to submit one day prior to the tournament, uh, I just kind of took it off faith <laughs> off Raghav that it'd be good because I still had, uh, some, because I wasn't yeah, yeah. as practiced with that version. So when you're less practice, you sometimes have doubts, but, um, the changes to the team turned out to be really, really good. And I'm glad that I was able to, to use a team, uh, that he really, um, you know, polished really well and, uh, to do, do, do it justice for him, even though I know he wanted to play, so he couldn't. So, so that one is for him as well. So I'm really glad yeah, yeah. That, that representing Rago. I got to cut. Yes, representing, you know, and definitely it's not just about the, you know, teams are one thing, the six and, but getting the right build, you know, there's a, a way to do things multiple ways and there just might be a more simpler way. And that's really what, you yeah. know, meta is. 
and just find the, the most simplest, efficient way. And yeah, I did have luck too. I mean, um, there's elements on my team that would involve luck. Um, but, um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you, you can only have so much luck. I think, uh, you know, RNG is just part of the game and it's like real life things happen. So, you know, it, it, and it makes winning even more satisfying, I think, is my general theory about, you know, if there weren't like hard losses, then you wouldn't know what a good hard fought win is. And so, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of talented people who cut. And so it's, the competition is still going on. I mean, it's good to get here, but you know, you're still going to have to play a lot of good players in the future. So and yeah, there's a lot of interesting teams. Yeah. There's an, did we talk about the Nagana Doe? <laughs> oh yeah. We might mention that uh, briefly before Steven, we leave. Did you NA. see that Nagana Doe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So really quick. Um, yeah. Uh, just to talk a bit about me and Arsel. Um, yeah. Arsel had this other Dragapult Clefairy team that was the team that I was going to lock in until Kunal was like, no, Alex, you're locking in Weezing. And I was like, oh, bummer. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Arsenal had a pretty cool Kunal team. Decided. And then Arsenal ended up switching off his version to the uh, the version that Raga was running. And, uh, yeah, there's some there's plenty of other teams uh, that are interesting here. There's a, um, a Blastoise team. But I think let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, I think we'll uh, kind of skip past the rest of these. Honestly, there's not too many other crazy teams. There are a lot of other, like, meta teams made of uh, yeah. meta Pokemon. And so I want to jump all the way down here to talk about Drew Bliss, who is actually, I think, my potential opponent in the top 16. They have a team of uh, Whimsicott, Grimmsnarl, uh, Incineroar, Regieleki, Primarina, and Naganadel. Um, Those last yeah, two. Definitely, definitely a very whack six. Uh, really cool to see something like this make it all the way to the top 16. The the Naganadel is just very underrated as a, as a special attacker. I really feel... Like getting stabbed, max oozes. <laughs> Even though max yeah. oozes base power is less than some of the other max moves, but um, generally they like the life orb boost. So it's a max Pokemon with a life orb boost and a stab max ooze. And so your next turn, you're getting even more benefits. And, and you then, get that beast uh, boost. And they get air slash. You know, Naganadel actually has a really cool move pool. Um, I I looked at Nagan- Naganadel in, when it was series seven, and I thought it had a really interesting move pool. And to see somebody actually like take it and once again, like show good creativity and make it work. I mean, I really enjoy seeing stuff like that. And it's, it, it makes what it makes it fun to see stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. everything else was yeah. pretty more, much less the same what we expected, you know, when we're pre- preparing for a tournament, Dusclops last year, Registeel, Spectre, you're going to see these Pokemon, you're just going to see good Pokemon, but the, like the way Alex had like a wheezing to, you know, try and counteract everybody else or uh, the Naganadel, the Kamo, these, that's really fun to see. Yeah, I think the Naganadel is a really unique pick here. It has a great move pool. That ability works nicely with it. You know, you can you can uh, train it to depending on whether you want the speed or special attack boost after a beast boost. And uh, you know, it's a really cool pick for this meta game. You know, we don't see it um, at all really. So um, that's a cool one. And Alex, a point you mentioned is that Drew may be your next opponent because you would are technically the three seed. They are the fourteen, and if um, that's a question I did want to ask both of you. If do you know if you're going to be seated in the bracket in two weeks uh, based on your seeds, or if they're just going to be random? Not so, not so certain so far. I mean, right now it's just assumptions. Just assuming that it's, it's a normal top yeah. sixteen bracket uh, where we're all kind of on a clean slate. It's double a limb. It's going to be a little bit weird playing two weeks later, um, and. Not to mention that they also took down the uh, open team sheet, Steven. So, like, for the people that did save stuff or for the people that have larger networks, it's definitely going to benefit them. As, um, yeah, otherwise you can't find that uh, info on the Arcanine website anymore. And, uh, yeah, two weeks is a long time, yeah. 
two weeks is like, will I even remember how to play the team in two weeks? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, it it's gonna be, and it could be refreshing. Could help too, you know, so you don't get burnt out. But um, true. Uh, it, it'll be fun. I mean, still to come back and it gives, if you do, you know, this whole part is now about seeing what information you can find online or through resources to see what you can gain tactical knowledge about your opponent. And so that's yeah, a skill in those, itself. Uh, those practice sets. I won't lie yeah. though, Arsenal, you don't have to, you don't have to lie either if you don't actually think it's fun, but I do not think it will be fun. I think that we're going to have some very boring games when we turn, no. return <laughs> in two weeks. It's just going to be a lot of premeditated sets. Oh. But, you, but see, then, then when somebody deviates, <laughs> you don't have to it, agree with me. It's still something to fight for. I mean, you still want to do your best because of then course. you want to go. So you know, uh, it might be more methodical. Methodical, yes, that's the yeah. word. Uh, then, uh, then you know, just like oh, because usually it's like you click on the thing and it's like here's your team uh, opponent's team, and you got to look at all the six and you got to digest it right away. And then you have to be like, okay, now what did I train myself to do against something like this? And then you're hoping See, that it's like somewhat that. similar to what you, yeah, it does. It makes you, and it helps, you know, that's a good thing. That's why I enjoy the game is it makes you, you know, it, it does apply critical thinking, uh, yeah. like quick thinking, critical thinking, I think. And, um, if you want to do it right, I feel like that's the best part is just like, you know, what they have, what you have and how you can best counteract it. What did you prepare for? And do you have yeah. answers to everything? Because luck like can be mitigated. Yeah, in the moment. And, you know, you're thinking, how can I counteract my opponent? He's thinking the same thing. And uh, it is open team sheet, so you, you're you supposed to be less surprised. But, um, you know, maybe some a, a core doesn't click to you as it should. And so you might learn something during the game. And, um, I'm like, you know, if I popped in, I saw a Weezing, a Kamo, and Nagano, I'd, I'd take a second just to be like, what? <laughs> Those are the scariest ones. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the fun in it is uh, there's still ways to catch them off guard. All right, our, uh, I'm going to move us on along to the uh, Latin America region. We have three more regions that we want to try to cover here before we wrap up. We'll kind of just try to breeze through these ones a little bit faster. Yeah, Alex, so, please. Yeah, for the last three <laughs> regions, if uh, we're sh- quickly running out of time here, but uh, yeah, we'll go through the last three, and we're going to have to do probably quicker highlight passes here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is at um, at Homero uh, Child Prey uh, on Twitter is where the results are being viewed here. Uh, we see Jorge Gomez, Renzo Navarro, Martin, uh, Martin Munoz, uh, Felipe Silva, Giovanni Polanco, Gabriel Duran, Samuel, uh, Samuel Lucen, um, or Samuel, sorry, Israel, uh, Suas, um, Jefferson Camelo, Juan Manrique, Felipe Mendez, Sebastian Solari, Orlando Luna, Jonathan Baradas, uh, Daniel Nunez, and Javier Loyo are the top 16 in the Latin American region. Um, as for the teams, uh, we will definitely give a mention to the uh, top seed here in Jorge Gomez with a team of Celestila, Rillaboom, Colossal, uh, Grimmsnarl, Urshifu Water, and Spectrier. Um, I believe this is a team built by NJ11. At least that was one of the p- most prominent players or first players to use a build like this. A uh, really cool alternate version of Colossal, but definitely not unseen. Uh, and then in terms of other teams here in the top cut, there's a good amount of sun. Uh, there's some other coals, um, and, uh, some Moltres. There's actually, uh, quite a few Moltres over here, and, uh, the, definitely the Reggie Steels. Other than that, um, Stephen Arsel, do you guys have any comments on the, uh, teams in here in the Latin American region that you want to mention before we move on? Also, go ahead. Uh, no, I think the teams, the Spectre one was the, 
the Colossal Spectre. I mean, I think you're right. That was an NJ11 team. Otherwise, um, I, I not a lot in Latin America, but when you, when you talk about the other ones, there's just one point I might mention about maybe the European. I oh, yeah, yeah. We can go ahead and yeah. talk about, about Europe. Yeah. I'll go through those, and then we'll get some comments from you afterwards. So let's go ahead yeah. and move on to uh, Europe. If you Again, go check out those teams if you want to see the full results. Yeah. But if you wanted to hear me read, what is it, 6 by 16 Pokemon, uh, <laughs> that would be quite a boring podcast, uh, especially when there are just images that you can look at online and yeah, digest yeah, Alex is audible. much faster. You'll, you'll post it on Audible, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just going <laughs> to – I'll do the audiobook version later. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be on uh, Fice's Twitter, uh, at Fice Rice, F-E-I-S-R-E-I-S. Um, the top 16s from Europe. Uh, the number one seed being uh, Fevzi. Um, uh, Fice put this together in a bit of a different style. I think these are either the most, the names these players are most known by, or maybe their usernames or Battlefield names. Um, so I'm going to read through them really quick. Uh, Steven, what were you going to say? Uh, basically what you just said. You're good. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. So yeah, uh, Fevzi here, the, the first seed, um, Maddie, Ilbana, Feiss, Dan Draker, Marco Fierro, Sari, Daffle, Francis, Mean, 13 Yoshi's 37, Roxon, Lilbo Peep, Milko, um, Pokeraf, and Remnine. I gotta say, before we even talk about the teams, um, Steven and Arsul, as long as you guys are... <laughs> As long as you guys have been around in the scene for a little bit of while, this is there's so many strong players here, so this many veterans, so many, so many, scariest. so many, uh, big yeah, names. Ton of well-known um, names. You love to see T- ton of them. You love to see the old heads do well, Stephen. Like you know, we we see Mean that uh, is of course um, Arash Omadi, world champion. We see yeah. thirteen Yoshi thirty seven Marcus Statter, another long time player. Well, um, you know, Feist and Fevzi have been in the scene for a good while, and those are names that. Uh, you uh, see quite often. While I'm on the topic of Fevzi, Feiss, and uh, Marcus, they all ran the same team together, uh, and Fevzi was the uh, highest seed uh, with a team of Blastoise, G-Max. Uh, I should have saved that one for last. Bummer. Uh, <laughs> Landorus, <laughs> Therian, Rillaboom, G-Max, um, Incineroar, Registeel, and Thunderous. And uh, I do believe this is the support Thunderous. It doesn't show support here, but Thunderous, I, from yes. what I've heard. Uh, but yeah, this is Blastoise, and um, Feiss also had the Blastoise. Marcus also had the Blastoise. Ilbana also had the Blastoise. Um, uh, Arash, actually, also had the Blastoise. Um, they just... So yeah. much Blastoise. I'm sorry, Arsenal. I probably stole the point you wanted to mention, but go ahead. That wasn't... No, that's exactly... It's just so... I think their logic was with Blastoise, because we saw, you know, they do the damage over time moves, like uh, Charizard, uh, Colossal, Venusaur, like the popular ones, you know, Charizard maybe being the third-ranked popular. And Venus are yeah, also yeah. taking the top two. And then everybody forgot about Blastoise. And now you just saw this surgence of like Blastoise. And they just really figured, you know, damage over time. Because Blastoise is not the hardest hitter um, mm. out of them. And so the the main part of it was they have the, the Cannonade. But then they also have Max Hailstorm. So they try and double up the chip damage. Like one turn they use Cannonade. And then the next they go Hailstorm. And so they just figure that the trade-off would be that th- their opponent is going to take more damage and lose their health quicker. And so, and they also have Yawn on Blastoise usually. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a really good Pokemon where you don't actually have to max it, kind of like Venusaur doesn't have to max with the Sleep Powder always. Uh, but, and Yawn is, you know, just a turn later. So uh, yes. credit to the, and all these players, the European line is stacked with just names that people recognize. Um, and then you know, really cool Marcus to see. Is still, yeah, yeah. Marcus still going at it. Arash still going at it. That's that's really amazing. 
And yeah, like you said, there's just so many big names. It's so exciting. And this this Blastoise team is just one of the better defensive teams in the format. It does play to that, you know, that Reggie Steel endgame often. Those iron defense body press Pokemon can be so uh, hard to take down. Reggie Steel, especially so when it might have Amnesia to boost its special defense too. Um, yeah, these Pokemon uh, are just all so good at pivoting in, debuffing the opponent, uh, outlasting them and uh, I think that's like honestly my, one of my favorite ways to play Pokemon is uh, that's that slower style uh, and so yeah lots of lots of really cool t- teams here uh, we'll give a brief mention seeing, to sorry I, I just <laughs> love seeing the underrated starter you know kind of getting its uh, time in the limelight here and you know Rillaboom provides that grassy terrain for Registeel 2 and in the end game potentially gets to help with some more recovery so that's nice but yeah love seeing all the names too and a lot of cool teams out here uh, I think we do need to mention, again, another Naganadal team, because there is a Galarian Zapdos on this team as well. Um, and a from, Gardevoir. And Gardevoir from uh, Daffle or Daffle. Um So those Daffle. three, plus Whimsicott, Marowak Alola, and Indeedee Female. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, no, Steven, you beat me to the punch. This was the team I was going to mention before we moved on, is that uh, another Naganadal, um, or however you want to say, Naganadal. Uh, that Pokemon, um, crazy. <laughs> that Pokemon, the the poison dragon, that thing, uh, that's not Dragalge, uh, or Dragalag. I'm glad they were in a different region because we faced that on ladder, and it's just so oh, scary. Yes. It, it, yeah, it was so, scary. and so I'm at those points. I'm glad when these people are on the other side of the world playing against other people, and they have to think about their, you know, Gardevoir. We haven't seen Gardevoir since maybe probably Mega Gardevoir, and so true. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the last time it was really relevant. And, um, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just have to meet them in the finals. Also. Yeah. So there is, it, it isn't, I know that they like the, you know, the strategies. It's really offensive and they can't stop Trick Room. It's a, it's a really good team when you think about it because it's not they just threw these random Pokemon together that they wanted to. They each fill their purpose and, um, they each lead well. Like the whim, it's Whimsicott and Naganadal on that team as well, right? Yes. Yes. And they have the Indeedee male. Uh, this is actually indeed a female. Female. Okay. So, yeah. So they don't, they just have the, impri- oh, because they have the imprison, uh, probably set. So they stop Trick Room and they have the Tailwind. So they're really just a really oppressive type team. And, you know, they don't want you to set up the, the different pace. So it's really, it's really hard actually <laughs> when you face it. It's really scary because you don't really plan for it. I do uh, appreciate those teams because, yeah, like you said, they uh, they want to do one thing and they want to make sure that they have an option for every bit of counterplay. So those six Pokemon that are just like really offensive, really aggressive, uh, they're all chosen very specifically. Now, let's go ahead and move on to the last region, Oceania. Uh, this is found on Mitch Kendrick's Twitter, at K- uh, Kendrick underscore. Um, and so this is, um, again, Oceania's uh, top 16. I'll read through the names really quick. Uh, we've got Darcy McCarthy. Mitchell Dix, uh, Luke Eul. Oh, that's a really tough one. Sorry, Luke. Uh, Luke Eul, uh, Paul. <laughs> don't laugh at me, Stephen. I'm doing my best for Luke here. I know. You did, you did great. Uh, I, I just like, yeah, it's challenging. Keep going, please. Um, we've got uh, Paul Amity. Uh, not to be confused with the uh, other Amity, because I believe it's a different spelling. Um, Jeremy Hollis, Sam Pandelis, Alexander Poole, Ben Madigan. Oop, I uh, clicked away. We've got... Um, yeah, Amity or, uh, wait, no, that's their in-game name. Oh my gosh, please stop confusing me, <laughs> Australia. Uh, we've got Nicholas Bingham, uh, Ben Voss, Daniel Quek, James Maney, Christopher Kahn, Yov Ruven, Chris Gayagozoglu, oh boy, I'm sorry, Chris, and, um, Brendan Robinson, or Robson. 
Um, and so those are the top 16, and um, the this region, uh, I actually think they had over 100 of the, uh, they only get 128, if I remember correctly, Steven. That is right. Uh, they still, I believe, did have over 100 players. Uh, I actually don't have the uh, attendance numbers for all regions. I know that we were just barely over 200 in U.S., but I can't speak for the other two regions. Um, anyway, anyway. Like 223 or something, I felt. Um, that was the number that uh, had signed into Battlefield, but not the, like it was like 206 that had submitted team sheets. So uh, a couple more were chopped off when the actual tournament began. Not to mention uh, some people that were no-shows. Though- and so... Uh, is this the one? Let's is this the region for the Chansey or no? Because I remember right before Players Cup, everybody was talking about Chansey. No, everybody was talking about Chansey, and there's not a single Chansey in either of the top 16s. Um, we're going to try to... Uh, no, no worries, Arsel, for mentioning it, but we're going to try to avoid the, the Chansey drama and like, leave that to Twitter. If people want to learn more about Chansey drama, they can go uh, follow that. This is that good fun. People just love talking about Chansey. This is Ch- a very I mean, scary I mean, archetype. It was very top on ladder, so... Yeah, exactly. Chansey is definitely still in the metagame, and so uh, yeah. worth noting, and uh, I guess... Here's my little uh, shade that I guess I'll throw into the situation. I mean, there's no Chanseys here in the top 64 across regions, so take that as you will. Um, let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about the uh, number one team here from uh, Darcy McCarthy here with a team of Glastrier, Regieleki, Rillaboom, GMAX, uh, Gothitelle, Polytoad Kingdra. So, uh, Steven, uh, a goth trap, uh, bringing it back. That's right, with the rain, plus the, I think we've mentioned all these things before, you know, you got the rain core, you got the uh, electric and ice type coverage with the speed sandwich, and the strap option, there's a lot, a lot of good things here. A lot of cool stuff, it's like one of those teams that just, you look at it and it makes sense, you know, you can kind of see what every Pokemon's doing, Rillaboom could be an Incineroar, but it probably should be a Rillaboom, I guess, like, I'm not gonna say that Darcy chose wrong, I'm just saying that there are, there are ways that you can run these type of teams, but uh, all of these Pokemon, um... The, you know, you just kind of know what they're doing. The, the fake out is there to maybe support that perish mode. And uh, honestly, I mean, fake out's just good in the format. Uh, in terms of other teams, uh, we see a lot of players in this region using teams that uh, feel similar to each other. Like certain players were probably building together. Um, like we see, there's uh, two Tapu Koko Rhyperior teams, both from Sam Pandelis there's and a third. Paul, Am- Paul Amity. Did they? Oh, is that on the other side? Yep. Okay, yeah. Another one from uh, Nicholas Bingham. Uh, yeah, so the, again, a lot of t- uh, players probably building together. There's the, actually quite a few, three or maybe more, uh, just three of the uh, Colossal team, the one that uh, everybody's been talking about lately. And uh, even a, uh, I guess, you know, while we're on the topic of picking uh, the one team that always stands out, the one that feels the most uh, not in line with the meta, there's actually, it's tough. I mean, there's Comfy Gudra. I, Comfy Gudra is after my own heart. But I want to pick the uh, 16th Seeds team, Steven, as this... Uh, is it, it looks very reminiscent of the Bwahakov stuff that you see on Showdown Ladder. I'm, I don't even know. I think I've explained to Steven who Bwahakov is before, but Steven yes, doesn't have, have the Steven doesn't have the same uh, love or hate or whatever you want to say for Bwahakov like all the other Showdown players uh, out there. This team, uh, Kobalion, Spectreer, Dragapult, uh, Tyranitar, Whimsicott, and the signature Lycanroc. Always Lycanroc Sand. Um, in uh, I, pretty much every format since uh, Lycanroc's uh, existence, um, Bwahakov has been running Lycanroc Sand. And uh, it's cool to see uh, a build that I'm pretty sure was used by um, Bwahakov. It might have also been used by Aldrich Jan. Uh, and here it is used by uh, Robeson64 or Brendan Robeson. Um, a really cool team. Really fun. Uh, just just click those rock slides and see where they where it takes you. Yeah, so Alex covered a pretty good majority of this last region here. Arsel, do you have any last thoughts here? I don't really have much else to add. 
Parachute was hard to do, so I'm glad somebody was able to do it with Dynamax. It became a lot tougher, so see doing doing well is interesting. Yeah, preach that, man. I tried Parish a lot at the beginning of 2020, and I gave up. Oh, yeah, we remember. We remember. <laughs> we remember. Um, yeah, Stephen, why don't you go ahead and take us to our last topic today that we're going to talk about. There's not too much to say about it, but it's definitely worth mentioning. Yeah, can't believe you all, you all 64 have to wait another two weeks to uh, resume this tournament. Uh, it's going to be a long, tough wait. You're stuck in the Players' Cup 4 bubble of this tournament, yet the metagame's probably still going to move on a bit afterwards uh, for these next two weeks. kind of funny to me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last topic here is that the uh, Joe Merrick on Twitter uh, pointed out that there has been... In addition to play Pokemon section on their website, um, introducing the Pokemon Go Battle League glossary. So there are some more terms added into their glossary there for competitive Pokemon Go, essentially, for those players. And all this really means is, you know, these terms are added in there just like we have them for the TCG, VGC. And what this means is that there's some sort of a plan, something happening that Pokemon Go, competitive Pokemon Go is going to be added into play Pokemon events sometime soon is uh what i'm getting from it yeah we're there's like it's a bit of speculation you know like, there's no like announcement for pokemon yet but it's definitely looking like you know go could be at live events when those return or they're going to have some kind of online circuit structure for them maybe that uh you know is part of the play pokemon program i don't think they fall under that umbrella currently but they might you know in the future and so uh basically just wanted to mention that because you know uh we mentioned unite earlier uh go might try to uh fall under the uh competitive pokemon umbrella um of play pokemon uh sometime soon i mean yeah it is the eventually we'll get back to having the pokemon world championships and you want to see as many different games represented there as possible i guess so that'll be uh cool to see that you know more formally at we did have like a small sample taste of it back in 2019 the last worlds we had remember when uh they did that whole like showcase of it so i think it's coming i think it's plausible that we'll start seeing those at events uh soon when those come back yep yep um but yeah i know arsenal you said you uh initially played pokemon go back in the heyday when it first came out and uh uh early on i'm still an avid pokemon go player i'm not much into the uh battling side of it so Nothing, nothing on this particular end for me. I'm still like, still, uh, how, how is that? Like when you play on the Pokemon Go, like what's it like now compared to like when it first came out? Uh, just the game in general? Like competitive or uh, just Compe- go? Like, I guess it really wasn't, they didn't really have the competitive right as soon as it came out as much. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, competitive, it's just like, uh, you know, it's a lot of tap, tap, tapping, battling. It's kind of similar to, you know, the original game, but um, a little water, more watered down. I, again, I'm not a competitive Pokemon Go player, so I'm probably not uh, giving out the greatest details, but I don't really participate in the battles much in that game. But otherwise, the overall gameplay of the general game, uh, it's improved a lot. There are a lot more features to um, play around with in the game, so there's a lot more stuff you can, like, kind of do while you're sitting around instead of having to necessarily always go somewhere all the time, um, which is kind of against the point, but they needed it for <laughs> COVID and it's, a uh, it's very, ac- it's much more accessible now than it was in the past. So there's a lot more features in it, but I still love that game. Uh, still a very avid fan and player, uh, play it every day. Awesome, man. Awesome, nice. Man. But that is just about all the time we have for this week's episode. And uh, it was great to hear from you, Arsel, about your experience during Player Scope 4 
And both you and Alex have to, you know, keep playing this thing in two weeks. We'll, uh, you know, wish you both best of luck there. Arsel, also just want to say thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun and it's a lot of good work. So <laughs> it was really good to talk about it as well. Really fun. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. And we're going to uh, run us out of town here and just tell you that you can tell email your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, vgchopperboyce at gmail.com. You can tell your friends about this show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon or they just like to hear all of our voices. And you can find the show on a bunch of different podcasting platforms, some of the highlight ones being Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify. Say, for example, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts uh, just for visibility so that others can discover the show. And you can find our show on Facebook and on Twitter at The Hypervoice. Lastly, you can find all three of us on Twitter as well. You can find me at SuperMorioka. And Alex, where can people find you? You can follow me at LexiconVGC. And mine is Sal the Dealer. Where can find you? <laughs> Sal the Dealer. Oh. I'm a car dealer in real life, so that's, that's the dealer part. <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you the listener so much for listening we really appreciate it and stay tuned for more of the hyper voice alola <laughs> <laughs>